Well, hello Mosaic Church family. It's great to be with you today and my name is Phil Wilthew and I'm in my study in a relatively sunny Bedford and I'm part of a church called the King's Arms Church and I know that King's Arms sounds more like a pub than a church but it is actually a church and it's a church that the Hatches used to be part of and used to lead and so we really feel an affinity with you guys and it's great to join you today uh, in your teaching series. And of course, one of the big questions for us at the moment is, how do we now live as Christians in a post-lockdown world? Uh, all of us are having to adjust to a new normal, having been through a year unlike any other before. We have found uh, ourselves to be in a season where many people's priorities and attitudes and habits have been challenged and shaken and reformed and so a question for us as Christ followers in a post-lockdown world is how do we live in a world that has been so shaken up and I guess for me one of the things that I am returning to are the simple truths of the faith I'm returning back to the things that I know are unshakable in a season where everything else is being shaken and of course paramount uh, to Christians is building on the unshakable word of God, that we're a people of his word, his voice, that, that we build on the things that he has said and is saying. That is an unshakable foundation. It's absolutely critical that we return to the things that we know cannot be shaken. And so today I want to talk about building on a firm prophetic foundation, building on a foundation of hearing God's words and putting them into practice. And it's worth saying that the Bible has a lot to say about firm foundations, but it talks about foundations in perhaps a, a different way than you and I would envisage. Foundations for us are often very static pieces of concrete that kind of exist under tall buildings. And so the idea of foundations can conjure up very kind of static kind of dormant kind of truths that we hold but actually the bible when it talks about foundations talks about it in a much more active and living way biblical foundations are uh, about um, biblical truth but also biblical fruit it's about both it's about our beliefs but it's also about our behavior and that's how the bible talks about foundations it's not just what we believe, but how we put those beliefs into practice in our lives. You know, a great example would be that many churches and many Christians would believe that God is a God who heals, but might seldom take the time to actually practice praying for the sick and learning how to bring healing to people. And so in that instance, that would not be a biblical foundation. Biblical foundations are about biblical truth, but also biblical fruit, because ultimately our behavior flows from our belief about who God is and about what he says is true. And Jesus, of course, talks about biblical foundations in a parable that he told. It's the parable that we often talk about, the, the wise and the foolish builders. And so we're going to read this passage together, which is where we're going to anchor ourselves today and it's Luke 6 and verse 46. And here's what we read. This is Jesus' words in a parable. 
He says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, when coronavirus came, a global pandemic came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was built well. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment that the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. And so Jesus here reveals the nature of biblical wisdom, that a wise man hears God and does something with what he hears. That is what the wise man looks like, says Jesus. And his expectation is that we will both hear and obey as Christians, as Christ followers. And so today I just want to talk about a few thoughts on how we can build this kind of prophetic foundation, hearing and obeying the voice of God in our lives. How can we do that? How can we cultivate that kind of lifestyle, particularly in a post-lockdown season that we're living in? And so here's the first thought, is that we need to learn how to cultivate a hungry heart, a listening ear. And the thing about God is that God is fundamentally a relational being. He is magnetically attracted to our hunger for him because he is a relational God. He is not a removed God, an aloof God, a God who is distant from us, but he's a relational God who loves intimacy and fellowship and friendship with his people. And so one of the best things that we can do to cultivate a prophetic foundation in our life is to learn how to cultivate a hunger to hear God's voice, to lean into him. And as I often say, I think it's so often why God speaks in whispers and not loud shouts. Uh, I don't know if you, like me, have had periods in your life where you just wished that God would speak to you through a loud hailer and it would be easy and loud to hear him. But so often the way we hear him is like a, a whisper and it's subtle and we have to lean in and we have to discern. You ever thought, why does God do it so often that way? Why does he whisper instead of shout? Well, I think the answer is to hear a whisper, you've got to lean in close. When you whisper to someone, it's a, a, a relational thing. It's an intimate thing. You whisper to people who are leaning in close to you. And the reason that God so often whispers is that he's looking for those that are leaning in to hear what he is saying. Because ultimately, God prizes relationship with you. He prioritizes friendship with you. And in the New Testament, when the Apostle Paul is talking about prophecy, he said, listen, you and I should eagerly desire to prophesy. Now, that's not a neutral term. To eagerly desire means to be full of passion, full of intent, full of longing. I'm leaning in because I want to hear God's voice because I love his voice. And when he speaks, I come alive and find my reason for existing. And so we've got to learn how to cultivate a listening ear, a hungry heart to hear God's words. Because God is magnetically attracted to people who cultivate a hungry heart. And the, the reality is, it's amazing what you'll hear 
if you live looking for God's voice. You know, apparently in the human brain, there is something in the brain called the reticular activating system. And it's the part of your brain that filters out the thousands of pieces of data that are coming at you every day. And this little piece in your brain enables you to focus on the thing that you need at that time. You know, an example would be, I remember when I was looking to buy a car many years ago and I decided that I wanted to buy a Renault Scenic car. And once I'd made the decision, while I was still driving my old car looking for a Renault Scenic to buy, suddenly I noticed all the other Renault Scenics that were on the roads. I'd never seen them before, but now that I was focusing on a Renault Scenic, I saw them all the time. And that's because my RAC, RAS had been activated in my brain and suddenly I could see them. Well, I tell you, it's the same with hearing God. If we will learn how to cultivate a hungry, listening heart every day, if we wake up saying, God, I want to hear your voice. I'm leaning in to hear your whispers. I tell you what, you will start to hear him speaking more than perhaps you've ever done before cultivate a listening ear and you know God speaks to us in so many diverse and creative ways from the 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 very ordinary and everyday to the extraordinary and unusual God is infinitely creative but he will speak to those who are leaning in to hear so that's the first thing that we can do to build a prophetic foundation is cultivate a hungry heart the second thing really connected to this is Just learn to record the things that God says. That's a really simple principle, but actually it's a kingdom principle about stewardship. When we are good stewards, whether it's stewards of our relationships or stewards of our families or stewards of our finances, whatever we look after and steward will grow. It's a kingdom principle that if you look after what God has given you, it will grow into more. And it's exactly the same with the prophetic. When God speaks, when we hear his voice, it's so critical that we learn how to be good stewards. And that starts by simply writing down or recording the things that God says. When you become a good steward of God's voice, you will find that his voice becomes promises, not just in a notebook, but promises that come about in our lives. And you know, so much of your Bible is the, the, the recorded version of what someone prophesied, but someone else wrote down. Scribes were employed by prophets in the Old Testament to write down their prophetic revelations. You get this right throughout scripture. And there are so many ways in which you and I can do this. You know, I remember in the early days of learning to prophesy as a 12, 13 year old, I would I would have an A4 piece of paper that I folded up pocket size and I would keep it in my back pocket and I'd have a pen on me wherever I went. And I learned that God would speak to me any time and place simply because I had an attitude of I am going to record what he says so that I don't lose it. You know, these days it can look like very different things. Um, If ever anyone emails me a prophetic word, I have a flag system on my email box that I just flag that prophetic word so that I can go back and easily find them and read them again. Uh, Numbers of years ago, I got all the key prophetic words over my life and I made a prophecy wall in my office. I literally printed out all the prophetic words that I felt were significant for my life. 
Matt Hatch, there was one from you on my wall. And I would read those prophetic words to remind me of the things that God had said. You know, you can uh, record them in journals. I, I do an electronic journal called Day One Journal. Uh, it's just I have it on my phone and when I read scripture and when I feel God speaking to me, I simply make a note of the things that God has said. There are so many ways that you can record the prophetic. And what that does is it says to the Lord, you are becoming a faithful steward of things that are incredibly precious. You know, there really is nothing more precious than the words of Jesus. And when we learn to steward them well, it creates a firm prophetic foundation in our life for God to move. I remember years ago, um, being in the office of a well-known Christian leader, and I happened to be using his office to do some study, and I was just a young man when I was using it. And, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, I saw he had a little box of index cards on his desk. And so because I was young and curious, I opened the index box and started to flick through the little cards that were alphabetized. And I picked out these different cards on his desk. And I realized that all of these cards either were quotes about revival or they were prophetic words that this man was living with. And I realized that this was his treasure chest. This was where he would go to for encouragement when he needed to pray or seek God. He would go to this index box and find promises that he could bring back to God. Listen, don't live life accidentally. Live it on purpose. Steward God's words. Record what he says. Third thing that is important to say is often when God speaks, it comes to us in seed form. God's words so often don't come to us fully formed. And again, I wish sometimes they did. But so often God speaks like a, a sower planting a seed into soil. You know, he doesn't give us a, an apple tree initially. God sometimes just gives us an apple pip to look what we are going to do with it. Will we plant it? Will we nurture it? Will we grow it? Will we look after it to see whether it will grow into the fully formed version? You know, God comes to a man called Abraham in the Old Testament and says, Abraham, listen, I want you to leave the place where you're living and go to the place that I will show you. And Abraham's like, great, I'm up for that adventure, God. Where is it that you want me to go? And God's like, no, no, no. First, I just want you to leave. While you're on the journey, I'll tell you where you're going. And I can imagine Abraham scratching his head and saying, wow, this is a bit of a gamble. This is a bit of a risk. You know, I don't even know where I'm taking my family. I just know that I've got to go. But so often that's how revelation comes. It comes in seed form. And then God looks to see what we will do with the seed that he has planted. You know, I remember uh, years ago when my kids were very little and just not sleeping and it just being desperate. And I was just desperate for sleep, desperate for breakthrough. And uh, we tried every parenting trick in the book, but my son was having chronic nightmares every night. We were sleep deprived. I was literally going to sleep at night, holding my son's hand, lying on his bedroom floor until he nodded off to sleep. That was the only way we could get him off to sleep. And this had gone on for months and months and months. And we were just praying, saying, God, please give us breakthrough, give us sleep. And I remember one day I just felt like the Lord said to me, I want you to go and pray around your neighborhood 
for the next six nights after dinner and I want you to pray in tongues, pray in the spirit for six nights and then breakthrough will come. And I remember, <laughs> I remember saying to the Lord, God, that's, that's great. <laughs> But, but, but could you not just give us sleep now? Could you not just give us the answer to our prayer? No, no, no. His answer first came in seed form to look for what I would do with it. And so I was desperate. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so for six nights, I would walk around our neighborhood praying in tongues at about 6.30 in the evening and just praying for breakthrough, praying for blessing in our neighborhood. And I remember on that sixth night, Sam had another nightmare in the middle of the night. And I thought, oh, this is, I've done this thing that the Lord said and it hasn't worked. But the next day as we were at the, the breakfast table, um, we were just chatting to him and we just said, listen, Sam, if you ever have another nightmare, you know, talk to Jesus. Before you call us, talk to Jesus. And so the next night, the, for the first night in months, he didn't wake up. He didn't have a nightmare. And that next morning, we chatted to him like, Sam, what happened last night? You didn't wake up. And he's like, yeah, he said, I remembered what you said about talking to Jesus. He said, I had a nightmare and I woke up and I nearly called out to you. But then I prayed and I said, Jesus, come and be with me. And then he said something amazing happened. He said, I heard a voice from behind my curtain speak out loud in my bedroom and say, Sam, don't be afraid. I want you to think of me. And so he said, I did. And then I went back to sleep. And so it was an amazing breakthrough. I mean, my son actually heard God's audible voice in his bedroom. And from that day forward, no nightmares ever again. You see, God speaks to us in seed form to see what we will do with it. And so my encouragement to you in this season is just dig out again the things that God has said. Open your ears again to the things that God is saying now and learn to put them into practice, even if you don't fully understand them yet, or if you haven't got the whole picture, recognize that God speaks in seed form. And if you water that with faith, it will grow. And then the last point for today is that the prophetic is fueled by the declarations that we make. You know, Proverbs 18.21 says something astounding. It says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. In other words, you can create and sustain spiritual ecosystems by the words and the thoughts that are going on in your head. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And so often what disables the prophetic in our life is the fact that we are not bringing our thoughts and our words into line with the things that God has said. And 2 Corinthians 10 says this, that as Christians we are called to take captive every thought and bring them into obedience with Christ. In other words, the, 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 the battle is not out there, it's in here. And one of the things that we can do to build a firm prophetic foundation is to get to grips with our thoughts and our words and bring them into line to the things that God has said. You know, there is a time to stop praying and start declaring. And, you know, Psalm 27 is interesting. Psalm 27 is 14 verses. Three of them are Godward prayers, but 11 of them are declarations. The Lord is my light and my salvation. My enemies will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. He is declaring what is true and coming into line with it. And when you do that, you create the soil conditions in which the word of God can grow in your life. So take captive your thoughts in this season and bring them into line 
with what God has said. So these are just a few thoughts on how we can build a firm prophetic foundation, how we can be like the wise man who heard God, but then did something with what he heard. This is what it looks like to be wise in this season. When everything else is being shaken around us, it's a time to return to the things that are unshakable. Jesus said, listen, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And so my encouragement to you in this season, friends, is to lean into what God's saying, build your life around God's word, both his unchangeable word in scripture, but also the prophetic things that he is saying in this season. Build your life on those. And I tell you, you will have a firm foundation under your feet in this unusual time that we're living in. Well, listen, God bless you guys. I hope those thoughts have blessed you. Please chew on these, work these out. Look at what this means for your lives. And uh, God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.